And this particular music allows Scott Reed and me to relive our high school years, which might be an unfortunate affair. Scott Reed joins us right now, CTV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Happy Monday, sir. Happy Monday, my high school years, riddled with tremendous disappointments and alcohol poisoning. Thank you. Thank you for that recollection. <laughs> okay. For me, it was just the music and uh, once having a very bad outing with Sun In, uh, which people may have to be reminded about, you would put it in your hair and then expose yourself to the sun and you were supposed to go blonde. I went copper red. But anyway, let's keep going. Uh, any thoughts on this weekend's uh, provincial liberal convention? I mean, you know, I'm glad they're all happy. Happy and together again, and maybe they're looking at electing a new leader, but they still also seem to be in the wilderness. Yeah, I'd say yes and no to that, to be honest. I think that, you know, as these things go, pulling together 1,700 people, taking some important changes, getting people, you know, sort of cranked up and together, I think all that all that matters. It's it's the start of the hard work that's necessary to rebuild a party. And I've, I've been involved in rebuilding parties, uh, you know, from the ground up in the past, and it, it takes a tremendous amount of labor. So I thought they are off to like a good start. Um, you know, the, the tail of the tape is going to be, you know, because the, the Ontario Liberal Party can attract 30% of votes almost automatically, 27 to 30%. That's nothing to sneeze at. It puts you in the running almost automatically. The real question is that extra 10%, and that's almost entirely going to come down to a leader, and that's going to come down to a leadership race and whether they're able to attract talent and whether that talent is able to grow once they get the job. And uh, so, you know, that's the thing to watch for. But they start, they give, they put themselves in a position where it doesn't look like it's a, you know, sort of derisive effort. Uh, meanwhile, a couple of civic issues. One of them would be uh, College Street, the latest street in Toronto, to get an uh, an overhaul. And I think intriguing in all of this, I've often said that uh, when John Tory was running the city, that he was kind of a Mayor Bloomberg figure, that he was slowly uh, greenifying the city, even though most people weren't aware of it. So yet another street that is going to have designated bike lanes, which is going to make Jerry Agar upset, but is probably going to satisfy a pretty good contingent of people. Yeah, it winds people up. I do think that as the Ontario line comes through, as we've seen other challenges in the city, as budgets get tighter, I, I think Jerry isn't alone because what you find is that people who find it increasingly impossible to maneuver the city get upset. It's not about once the lanes are in, it's about the construction and the change that's required and the pain in the, in the meantime. But look, uh, it doesn't really get up my nose. Um, I think I'll yield the rest of my time uh, to the Senator from Jerry Agar and he can uh, then uh, filibuster on this matter. Well, you know what I find interesting is I had a conversation, it was a year-end interview with John Tory and he's no longer our mayor, obviously, but I said, do you think it's time for us to acknowledge that Toronto's a bit like Manhattan, like it's insanity to think you can drive in the city core? And he said, yes. And so I thought, okay, well, that's that's fairly definitive. The idea that the downtown is going to be set aside for transit, hire cars, bicycles, and pedestrians. It's it's a devil's bargain, though, because I agree with you. Um, the challenge is we're not there yet. Um, in order for that to be an acceptable proposition, you have to have the transit options to support it. And, and we don't, not yet fully. Certainly for people who are outside of the city, we don't. And we're in that awkward, we're like teenagers, right? We're in that awkward phase. <laughs> so we don't yet have the mature transit options. Part of 
the job of getting those transit options is it because more disruption, more delay, more difficulty moving around that increases frustration, but we got to go through it in order to get to the place we're going. Uh, apparently, some city councillors are surprised that uh, hidden away in the budget was a $500,000 cut to the opening of some public facilities, but mostly to cleaning at City Hall. And I, my first question actually would be, Scott, having worked for a prime minister, how many people actually would read a, the full text of a budget in, in any administrative order? Very few. I mean, look, uh, the federal budget is anywhere between 500, 600, and 1,000 pages. So it's pretty it's pretty detailed. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I talk this, I see another trend here. This is Josh Matlow in the newspaper. I, I think, like, watch this space. This is going to be one of, I would say, a dozen such issues in the next six weeks that we'll hear from Josh Matlow. Um, I, I think that has more to positioning for mayoralty race than it does um, with the substantive issue on the budget. You know, M- Matlow is good at hooking headlines, at yeah. picking up on something and then saying, all right, I want to be in the news. Um, is that the stuff the mayors are made of? Not in my opinion, but we're going to get a lot of it as the, uh, as, as the mayor's race draws closer. Well, I can certainly guarantee you that uh, Josh Matlow and I go back and forth on text, and he is the most opaque texter I have ever dealt with. So I can never figure out what he's really up to. Wow. You mean he's like a cloudy jewel. Uh, You make him sound alluring and fascinating. I have a different take. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So other issues this morning. Uh, One would include the fact that uh, CSIS has created an assessment of what climate change could do to Canada. And apparently it's a threat to our national security and to our economy. This is nothing new. And by that, I do not mean to be dismissive. It's uh, real. But I mean, there's an increasing, you know, the Halifax Security Forum each year. Um, there's an increasing body of, of warning that comes from security and military uh, sources, right? They say, like, look at look at the tensions, look at the challenges that are created, um, look at the diversion of, uh, you know, of, of, of those in the armed forces uh, to deal with climate change disruptions and, you know, and look at the social tensions that are caused, right, as uh, extremes on both sides, you know, become more active. And so, you know, this is part and parcel of our world. So what do you make? Because I know you flagged this in one of your emails this morning after we sent you the agenda for the morning brief. Uh, This woman who decided as an experiment she would try to make a new friend every single week for an entire year. Now, you strike me, because I've met some of your friends, as a guy who has some pretty intense friendships. But I know a lot of very lonely people in their adult years who find it impossible to make friends. Well, I was hoping, and, and, you know, I don't... I hope this isn't forward. I was wondering if I might be able to get her contact information, not because I want to be one of her new 52 friends, but because I think she and I could strike up a very productive bargain. I, uh, I'm i shedding friends at, at, a, at a clip of roughly one per week, and I think that I could really help her maximize her op- her uh, potential here. Um, you know, I... I I'm kind of in a weird role. I, first of all, in joking aside, I admire this initiative. I think it's kind of, it's a very simple idea. It's very sweet. Um, in a world where we all seem a little bit isolated, either by post-pandemic realities or uh, social media or weird politics or whatever else bedevils our world, I think it's kind of sweet. On the other hand, I'll be 55 in a month. 
I ain't shopping for new friends. I, I'm I'm one thousand percent, as you say. Like my, I, I have a handful of friends, very very close. I haven't been in the new friend business for quite a while. I, I uh, and when I do get them, I think it's got to be one hundred percent organic. I don't know that it can be a forced exercise, like you know, this is a class assignment. So I'll be fascinated to see what she does. I cheer her on. But um, like I say, I, I've, I've got a surplus of, you know, friends that are drifting away from me uh, as I become more and more cranky and less and less <laughs> admirable. And I think she can, you know, there's slim pick, easy pickings for her there. Do you agree with me, though, that I think friendship is perhaps the least understood or the least talked about human relationship? I mean, everyone talks about romance. Everybody talks about parenthood. Nobody really makes a great movie about friends. I I, I think degenerate sex might be the most uh, misunderstood relationship, <laughs> but after that friendship, absolutely, yes. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. It's an interesting note to end on. That is Scott Reed.